0: Witches, too, don't quite know what to do as we gather round the cauldron in this late-night forest. And before we can go out to do our witchy things, we don our smocks and put on the traditional hat, a helmet with two beer cans... And a oh, tube going no. from each one and into oh, our mouths. No. The spookiest what? hats uh, of them all. The double beer hat.
1: There's so many things wrong with that. I knew it was going downhill when you but, hit the smocks thing, which is I don't a, it's even want smock ke- it's
0: like an elaborate smock. I don't think it's more of a dress or garment
1: or an outfit. I wouldn't... A smock is for painting. It's for
0: painting. I, I've been cultivating a more artistic witchery, uh, if nothing else. Sure, nothing more artistic than wearing two beer cans on your head, right, Justin? Hey, uh, business uh, in the smock and party on the head. <laughs> party on the top. Party that's at the top. what I
1: always say, and what, the other thing that I always say is welcome to the chilling podcast of Sabrina. We're going to be talking about part three, chapter twenty-three. Heavy is the crown. Oh boy, lots of stuff to talk about with this so episode, much, Justin. And
0: that's why heavy in the, is the crown is what I was inspired with the, the oh, beer can okay. hat. Okay, that's a heavy hat.
1: Yeah, it is. Well, it gets it gets less heavy, lighter even Over
0: time. Exactly. That's what I say when people are like, shouldn't you stop drinking? I'm like, I'm just lightening the load on my head.
1: (laughs) Dragging my brains down. Giving my neck a break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get into it, let's do a brief bit of recap here about what's happened so far on part three of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. So, after putting the spirit of Lucifer, her daddy, in the body of evil Father Blackwood, who doesn't really show up this episode, Sabrina's Spellman's boyfriend, Nick Scratch, is free and easy and back in Greendale where it's always Halloween. Free to be bad, the bad boy that he's always been. Exactly. And boy, does he go real bad this episode? Actually, he does. I think maybe for the first time. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But there is a catch, which is that Sabrina has agreed to be the queen of hell in exchange for Nick's soul uh, being returned to Greendale. Lilith, who is still walking around to the guise of Sabrina's fave teacher, Miss Wardwell, who is herself back in Greendale and very confused, is working as Sabrina's right hand woman. Uh, Unfortunately for all of them, hell hates Sabrina. and The lords of hell are Backing a sexy clay man Which is different than the artist clay man It was also pretty sexy Very Uh, sexy Yeah, that man though is named Caliban uh, And he has gone off to gather signatures To challenge Sabrina's rule Badass move Bureaucratically
0: endorsing His right to the crown
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what When I'm walking along on the streets of New York And I see somebody with a clipboard I'm like, yo, you are a badass And they're like, great, want to sign? And I'm like, I'm very busy (laughs) yeah, good uh it is uh, i mean
0: it does seem kind of lame that that is like this infernal plot but the whole thing with the devil is like sign this contract so like there's a big precedent for the infernal paperwork
1: oh absolutely uh fire and paper don't mix in real life but that's part of the magic of the show no. So back on Earth at the same time, the Church of Night has been decimated and Sabrina's aunts Zelda and Hilda are attempting to rebuild the coven uh, in their old school. It's had a couple of hiccups, including a visit from other coven leaders who uh, very casually mentioned they're starting to lose the potency of their spells. We moved on from that, but that's something we return to in a big way this episode, so hold on to that info. Uh, and also important to mention, Hilda has been dating Gaeta From Battlestar Galactica. Yes, same character. Same character. We haven't seen him the season. Uh, He confusingly has two legs, so I have to assume this is a prequel
0: to Battlestar. I want to think it's a sequel and the Cylons took over as we saw um, uh, sort of that being gestured toward and have been living on Earth for centuries.
1: All this has happened before and all this will happen again. You get it. Yep. Meanwhile, in Sabrina's human school, Roz and Hardy have been dating A uh, Hardy? Harvey, excuse me. They go to exclusively to uh, Hardy's restaurant though. <laughs> Product time. Yeah, it was a weird line when Roz says, I'm no Carl's Jr. woman. Yeah. Take exactly. me to Hardy's. Anyway, Roz and Harvey Kinkle have been dating. Uh, Roz has been getting into cheerleading along with Sabrina. And Theo has developed a crush on a new kid named Robin, who is played by Jonathan Whitesell, a.k.a. uh, Kurtz from Riverdale. So, you know, you can definitely trust him. As we go into this episode, mm. uh, last few details: Sabrina has a cousin named Ambrose who is good at researching things. A friend of mine named Prudence who is part of the Church of Night. And Riverdale is a town next door to Greendale. Why but would you per- say that?
0: Why would you mention that? That's Riverdale, a total.
1: Yeah. Well, I, it's just I think it's important as we always start every episode with a geography lesson. Yep. I'm just mentioning that Riverdale is next door and it's perfectly normal in every single way. One hundred percent. Yeah, just a just a cool town where people are dating each other and getting into hijinks.
0: Nah, fun stuff.
1: Just like, which milkshake are we going to order? Mm, that's the big conflict over on the main show, Riverdale. All right, let, <laughs> <laughs> let's the get main into shirt. it. Uh, I, I, it was the first one. It was yes, the first one fair. in the extended Archie verse. Yep. Uh we no expanding Let's jump into it because lots of plot to cover here um, We open on Roz and Harvey They're watching a scary movie I think it was Them or something like that I think that's correct Yeah uh, And as usual, as you always do on a date They're watching it with Harvey's dad uh, Who goes up to Harvey and warns him to use protection And Harvey's like, Dad, leave me alone Dad, uh, you might be under a spell that makes you not drink as much Just FYI yeah, that was a weird detail I was reminded of during that scene. I was like, yeah. why is he being so nice? Oh, right, that happened.
0: Yeah. Um, but I guess, I mean, I think that's good, and um, Harvey's dad uh, seems, like, better. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do see him later in the episode, perhaps finding another uh, thing to become addicted to, snake charming. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I think um, it's to be better have another uh, spell ready for him.
1: Yeah, that's – what is that? The fourth or the fifth of the 12 steps is yep. after you're getting over alcohol, snake
0: charming? Yeah, that's definitely yep. – when they go through the steps, the The fourth one, they just
1: shout, snakes! <laughs> and anybody who runs away is no longer an alcoholic. This that's is very true. demeaning to alcoholics. So I'm not going to follow this bit anymore. Wow, okay. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, he uh, sets that up. I, the other thing that was funny to me about this plot line with Roz and Harvey, with them being like, should we go all the way? And the fact that Nick and Sabrina kind of touch on that as well is I forget, given how sexually free the witch community is and has been established to be, that these are still teenagers and it isn't Riverdaling it up where everybody's boning all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's
0: all. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. It's sort of sweet. Um, And I think it has a a very specific plot reason as we sort of sort of gets touched on at the end of the episode. Um, And I think that gives it a little bit of grounding, especially now that this Mm -hmm. season, all of the characters are doing legit too many things. Yes. um, That they do have something where it's like, oh, that is a normal thing to be going through, being nervous about having sex for the first time or not knowing quite how to ask somebody out. Like all those things are great. Especially uh, compared to the line um, that Roz says, which is like, hey, that fucked up carnival that will surely be our downfall <laughs> opens tomorrow.
1: Should we head there? Yeah. Nothing bad ever happens in Greendale. Let's go to the dilapidated carnival in the middle of the woods. That sounds fun. they
0: have been uh, setting it up for
1: weeks. Uh, Also, fun little thing, and we'll get to more connections as we move through, but uh, the Carcosa Carnival that showed up here was actually teased back in, I think it was the in-treatment episode of Riverdale, right at the beginning when those uh, evil videotapes are being delivered, FP picks up a newspaper that is holding one of the videotapes in that episode, and it says Carcosa Carnival, I think this is, it says Carcosa Carnival coming to, it looked like Riverdale, so that part is faded out. So I don't know if that means like we're going to get a legit crossover of the carnival going to both towns or they were just teasing it because they were filming Sabrina at the same time and they wanted to have a fun thing. But fun little detail there.
0: I would think it's a, a slight detail, though I will say this episode proves that they are going to really tease us mm-hmm. about crossing over without ever giving us sort of the, the payoff.
1: Yeah. I, I, They have to eventually, though, right? No, I would think. To. Unless yeah. they're being t- truly cruel about it. Yes. Well, I think it comes down to schedules and it comes down to timing and the shows. And Sabrina, despite the fact that it's been on, feels like it's been on forever, it's really only had a season and a half. I'm very happy Pete's here, so we could just kind of move past the discussion. But yes. it's a young show, and I think they do want to give it time to develop before, like, they have Jughead hang out with the Greendale gang or something like that. Yeah, and unlike,
0: uh, like say, Katie Keene in Riverdale, where there's sort of a shared reality, mm-hmm. it's sort of a riskier crossover uh, because magic doesn't exist so far in Riverdale. And in uh, Sabrina, it's like all about that. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it has a potential to do some damage to uh, some of the, the worlds that they've established with each separate show. So it's, it needs to be handled with care, which I think they do well here.
1: Yeah, the stuff that happens in this episode, this is very much jumping ahead, but the stuff that happens in this episode, like most of the things where they touch on Riverdale, feels to me the same way when Riverdale touches on Greendale, where they'll drive past or drive through and be like, ooh, this is a creepy town, even creepier than Riverdale. Well, anyway, moving on with the rest of the plot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I – so I do think that – it feels like the crossover is something you do, like – to kick off a, uh, you tape it like at the very end of a season or at the beginning of the next season and mm-hmm. hold it for just the right moment to uh, release for everyone. Yeah. Or
1: what a great treating it like a, like British television's Christmas special. Like that would be super Ooh, fun. That would be fun. I think what they talked about originally, this is Roberto aguirre Scasa talked about it, that he would love to do an afterlife with Archie movie. And to me, That would be the perfect way of doing it. Do it almost out of continuity with both shows. Yeah. And legit, just have the two casts come together, kill them all off with zombies, and just have a fun time. That would be a blast. I hope they do that. Me too. Especially
0: Sabrina Archie's sort of
1: dating in the comics still. There you go. Mm. Move over, Nick and Sabrina, which is the next thing we get to, because they are in bed, they're staring at each other. Sabrina is just happy that Nick is back from hell. But Nick is messed up, which is the big thing that he's dealing with this episode. He thinks the Dark Lord is still there. Turns out he's got a real messed up club foot going on. Yeah. Always keep your eye on your feet, because that's where the devil gets in. Mm-hmm. The devil, he, uh, hell is below us. So he likes to creep in from the bottom to the top. Exactly.
0: That's why I always uh, really tippy-toe my way past graveyards. <laughs> this is why I don't worry about wearing hats, because that's how the
1: angels get in. Yeah, that's nice. You're always exposing your head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, is. Nick is really trying to take care of that foot. He's playing off to Sabrina like he's fine, uh, but he's scrubbing his foot hard in the shower. He's imagining that he's still in that wrestling match that he was having with Lucifer in his own head. Uh, and meanwhile, downstairs, finally back to the actual classic Spellman breakfast situation. Yeah. Zelda reading the newspaper her face hidden, Hilda's making way too much food. Zelda has a great line there where she's still pissed at Sabrina for taking over as queen of hell. And she says, first purgatory, then hell. What's next, heaven? Now that to me feels like a teaser yes. for where we're headed at the end of the season. 100%. You don't throw a line like that in without following up on it. It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, but then I could follow it up with uh, the Zelda's big plot line. And I do love how this episode, like, Sets up everybody's plot lines right at the beginning And things don't come together at the end But they really pay off nicely by the end Uh, Zelda sneezes And plays it off She's like, oh, I'm just sneezing It's no big deal Uh, But clearly, as we find out later on It does become a much bigger deal Yeah Uh, And Zelda tells Nick and Sabrina to go to school Sabrina crosses her fingers behind Nick's back Very
0: sweet little spell in the midst of all this craziness, she still has to cross her fingers when
1: she tells a lie. Very mm-hmm. sweet. Yes. Very cute. I feel like Hilda and Zelda should be able to see that with witch powers, but I guess not. Uh And then uh, as they're walking outside, Lilith shows up. They're not going to have a skip day. Sabrina is not going to take Nick out all day. Instead, Lilith says... Uh, the Lords of Hell are flipping out and she has to come to Hell and Sabrina reveals this to Nick and he's pretty pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, this episode was,
0: uh, I was, they've just gotten back together and this episode was about sort of uh, Nick and Sabrina sort of splitting them apart in a lot of Mm ways um, through Nick's internal like PTSD, or maybe, like, residual possession, and Sabrina just being too busy, like, homework, hell is her homework, and she treats it like, ugh, I gotta go finish this essay. Right. Um, When she's ruling the dead,
1: basically. Yeah, and she's done no work. She just keeps walking into hell and making these declarations without backing anything up, which, mind you, classic Sabrina, she does that all the time everywhere. But you feel like ruling the entire underworld, you might put a couple... Of hours into doing some reading or something. Take your
0: responsibility. Seriously, this is not going to look good on the college application if you did a bad job
1: ruling hell. Yeah. Uh, What is an interviewer going to think? You're not getting into Columbia. You're not going to school with Veronica Luna. That's just not going to happen. That's 100% right.
0: Um, Hell is, uh, unless there's a hell university that you could, Mm because I feel like she's a shoe in there. HU, the Finding Devils. Oh, yeah, <laughs> really good. Oh, I guess Duke is Hell University uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, on, on Earth. <laughs> yes, um, much apologies to anybody who went to Duke, but I'm sorry, it's true. Um, so- I'm saying that because I'm a
1: Syracuse basketball fan, so um, in your face. Oh, OK, you lost me. All right. So Sabrina is down in hell. The Lords of Hell are yelling at Sabrina. She starts making these declarations, which is after her experiences last episode with the evil ice cream man who extended his life uh, seven years. Every time he killed a child, she says, no more contracts. We're put in a freeze on contracts until we figure this out. Uh, and classic, like just dictator behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. pretty pissed of it. Uh, Caliban comes in, though. He's gotten the 666 signatures that are required to challenge Sabrina for the throne. So, and the challenge is a quest for the Unholy Regalia. Yeah. three items in the Unholy Regalia. We'll get to them what the first one is in a second. And they need to find the three of them and then not even Lucifer Morningstar himself Can keep the throne if somebody else finds these regalia And completes the challenge Uh, And there's two funny items of business Uh, We find out the first item is King Herod's crown That's the first item they're going to have to find Uh, Nobody knows where they are Lilith specifies And they're like, how are we going to do this? What's going to go on with the challenge? And Lilith's like, "Eh, it'll probably end up being best two out of three That was very funny (laughs) again is like, you're just feeding us the plot here This is exactly what's going to happen
0: And, like, honestly, I was like, what is that? What could that? How else could it ever possibly go? Right. Um, So that was very funny. Another funny.
1: well, I was just going to add, I I think that points to the intelligence of the show is they know we know going in that Sabrina's going to get one, Caliban's going to get one, and then it's going to be a tiebreaker. So why play around about it? That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Get right to the point. Another funny moment here is that the demons have been spying on Sabrina's cheerleading. Mm -hmm. which I thought is sort of a come down for a demon. Um, If your demon job is like, hey, go watch this cheerleading practice and see what Mm -hmm. the queen's up to, there's other cooler. Surely these demons through all of their immortal, uh, monstrous times have done other cooler things.
1: Well, it's the same thing as, like, Sabrina's job. We were talking about this in the last episode me and Pete, but Sabrina's main job, the way they describe it, is dragging souls to hell. And she gets two souls in Riverdale, uh, excuse me, in Greendale, and that's it. And she's done. It feels like there should be a lot of other stuff going on elsewhere in the world. And obviously that's one of the artifices of doing a TV show like this. You can't have her being like, well, I'm going to drag 1,000 souls to hell. But at the same time, I don't know. It feels like other things should be going on in other places, I guess.
0: Oh, you want her to be dealing with some sort of uh, like Hawaiian crisis? <laughs> yes. Or like uh, a trip to
1: Paraguay? I, I will say I would love to see a spinoff movie called Sabrina's Hawaiian Crisis. No, that's good. The, s- the, good. Way, the break is uh, not big enough for our surf competition. A challenging a demon to a surf competition That would be amazing yes. A luau, that could get fiery A lot of stuff could go on a lot of, Hawaii has a lot of hell qualities Except mm-hmm. it's paradise Yes, it's hot though Hell is also hot Great point All right. So very briefly, uh, back at the witchy school We find out Prudence is going to become prefect And then the shit hits the fan, so to speak um, We, Gerald, I think it was Gerald is the student, yes. yep. uh, is trying to fly, but he doesn't have the power to fly, so he just jumped off of the balcony. Uh, he dies. Elspeth sneezes, and Zelda realizes everything's gone wrong, uh, but she gives everybody a pep talk, uh, and they very quickly – I think we can follow this plot line yeah. through, right? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so Zelda gives them a pep talk, but very quickly realizes that, yeah, oh. What those other lords were talking about with them losing their potency, that's clearly happening to them. Um, I found it interesting she's
0: dressing like Father Blackwood. Is that hmm. like an official uniform, or is she just, is she trying to, like, um, be in his, uh, rule in his image a little bit? Um, what? What? Why isn't she bringing her own style to the job?
1: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even notice that outfit change, necessarily. Big I, puffy shirt. Big puffy shirt. It might... I would assume it's because that's the authority figure thing, right? Puffy shirts mean authority? Yeah, puffy shirts. Wow, then I am a king. Yeah, you saw that classic Seinfeld episode where they're like, well, now you run a witchy school. And they're like, a witchy school? And then Kramer oh. came and was like, witch school? Did somebody say something about witch school? Yeah. And then Leighton said, get out. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, good, good show overall. Uh, so Zelda gives that pep talk. Um, we get a bizarre, I loved it, but totally bizarre sidebar that maybe I missed it, but felt built up out of nowhere, where yes. Zelda's teaching class, students, uh, she's like, wow, you're all really into the reading today. And the students are like, no, we're reading a book called Buxom and the Beast, written by Helga Stilwell. Uh, and Hilda, then it cuts to Hilda is reading it to the rest of the students as a bedtime story, an erotic novel. Uh, that she wrote under a pen name. And Zelda's pissed off because she realizes, of course, it's written by Hilda. It's kind of slagging off Zelda a little bit. Uh, And Hilda lashes out back at her and says, this is your dream. You wanted to be headmistress. I want to do something else with my life. I'm going to go to the carnival with Dr. C. It's weird she calls him that when his name is Gato from Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Uh, But then Zelda erases the book. Uh, what did you? Before we move on with the rest of this, what did you think about this whole erotic novella? I agree, it was like?
0: very weird. I mean, I think the justification was, "Oh, you told me to distract the the kids uh, because of uh, the sickness going around." So I wrote a romance novel, a, like an erotic romance novel. Uh, so th- it's a pretty weird justification, and the whole thing play, especially the way they just all the kids put their books down and they're all reading it. The whole thing felt like, "What is this?" Where, is but I thought it was fun.
1: I liked it. Oh, it's great. I hope we see more of it. I hope we see her continuing to follow along writing erotic novellas and everything, because that's a ridiculous, fun uh, storyline. But it felt like it mostly was there to set up friction between Zelda and Hilda, and ultimately set up uh, the little extra scene that we get, because I don't think we go back to the witch school at all this episode.
0: No. Uh, After that. No more Zelda. We do get... This great little moment where mm-hmm. uh, Hilda and Gaeta are
1: walking around and he proposes. Yes, super sweet. He also, for the second episode in the row, we get one of their uh, last episode, we got Zelda's full name. This episode, we get Hilda's full name, which is Hildegard Antoinette Spellman, which I don't think we've heard before, but yeah, good name. And she says yes. And so now they're getting married. Very sweet. Yeah, it, this feels like it's going to be an
0: interesting – it's going to break up the, the fam, potentially. Yeah. Do you well, think it's going to work out, or do you think Gata's days are numbered now?
1: Nah, is too nice. He's great, and Hilda's too nice. I think – I don't know. These – the arc – If I remember correctly, the arc of part one and the arc of part two are always about causing friction in the Spellman family and then ultimately realizing we need to get back together and all work together. And that's what this feels like to me here, because you you can't have Zelda and Hilda go separate ways. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, definitely. But what happens? Does Gaeta move into the the house? Thropple, man. Thropple. I guess that's true. Yeah. Just like on Battlestar Galactica. I haven't watched it in a while, but I assume that's what happens.
0: Yeah, it was an erotic series on Showtime, I believe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's what my memory of it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, So let's jump over to another uh, side storyline that happens here. Uh, We follow Miss Wardwell a little bit this episode. Uh, Now, Miss Wardwell, we've seen only little blips of her before. It's mostly focused on Lilith. Michelle Gomez, of course, is playing both of them. But Miss Wardwell has been very confused and dealing with a lot of lost time for while Lilith was in the guise of Miss Wardwell. Um, So she finds out about the carnival. She remembers that she and Adam, who was her fiancé, who we thought was evil and we were totally off about, uh, he uh, got killed by the dark Lord and served to Lilith. Uh, She remembers that she and Adam used to go to carnival. So she heads to the carnival by herself. And there she finds, I'm just skipping through my notes here. Uh, She gets the the palm reading. Yes. She gets the palm reading. Palm reading. Yep. Uh, And there's a couple of interesting things that happen here that I think mostly are throw her for a loop. Uh, She's told that Adam is definitely gone though. The palm reader says, yes, of course you knew that. Uh, and also says, you know, because you were there. And it seems like there's two pieces of information happening on Miss Wardwell's palm, at least the way the palm reader reads it. And then Miss Wardwell runs out. And then later on, she finds Adam's ring and says, what's what happened to you, Adam? So what's your speculation here? What do you take away from this storyline, Justin?
0: Well, it's interesting because this isn't a show about like keeping secrets from people. If there's a Mm -hmm. secret kept from anyone, it comes out. Almost instantly. Yeah. Um, So the fact that uh, Miss Wardwell is going to, I feel like is going to find out what happened to Adam and that she was possessed and all that, that feels like, oh, that's an interesting subplot, but I don't know what the consequences for anyone uh, for that action. Like everyone knows everything pretty much about everyone and knows how much hell fighting is going on in Greendale. So what does it matter for Miss Wardwell?
1: It does feel like... I don't know if this is specifically the thing, but it does feel like if you don't have Mary Wardwell and Lilith come face to face at some point, that's a missed opportunity, right?
0: Yes, definitely. But are we going to get Lilith again taking the role of Miss Wardwell when she's confronted or... Mm -hmm. Like, I could imagine, like, a switch switching places scenario where Miss Wardwell goes to hell and Lilith hides out back at the school.
1: Oh, that could classic be country mouse, city mouse type exactly. situation. Uh,
0: yeah. We, in my, where I grew up, we called it country mouse, mouse in hell. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, hell mouse.
0: Yeah, because in the country, we didn't really like the city, so it was like, don't go to that hell place. Mm. Um, so it was mouse in hell. Uh, I think that could be fun. Um But I don't know, it does feel a little like... It's sort of exciting because it's one of the ongoing storylines that I'm curious about, and I
1: don't know where it's going to go. But I do think you're right, that usually on... Most of the Archieverse shows, if they set up something, it gets paid off almost immediately. So it is interesting to have these running storylines. And that actually touches on something that I was curious to get your opinion on, because you mentioned this earlier. Uh, You mentioned earlier that you felt like this episode in particular, everybody's juggling a whole ton of stuff. Uh, Do you feel like it's too much at this point or is it still kind of walking that line, walking that balance? I think it the show
0: does a great job of walking it, and they make – Sabrina's juggling the most and is obviously the main character. They make her sort of like like wink at it a lot and be sort of like, "Ugh, yes, I have to go do this other thing. And it's sort of – it's played off as a little bit of a joke while at the same time they're able to use all of these different situations in the plot. Like we get to see – the stuff going on at Baxter High, stuff at the um, the Infernal Academy, stuff in hell, stuff at home, cheerleading practice. Like, we get all these fun locations, and it doesn't seem like too much because Sabrina isn't – it doesn't feel like too much to her, even though it clearly is going to be.
1: Yeah, it is – for me, it falls on the right side of the line as well, where it is mind-boggling how many things they put into each episode, but yeah. it's still – it leaves you feeling stuffed. It doesn't feel confusing at any point. It doesn't go too far. Uh, it doesn't even hit necessarily, the, we talk about this a lot, but it doesn't necessarily go the Riverdale thing where it feels like sometimes plot lines are brought up and then resolved in the same scene. Yeah, It is more evenly paced out over the course of the episode. And so far what this part is doing is it is putting a lot more ongoing plots that aren't just episode plots, though there are individual things that seem to happen in each episode. Um, But it does have these ongoing things like Miss Wardwell, like whatever's going on at which school with the sickness that it's setting up, that it's paying off. Um, And that's great. It's a lot of stuff going on, but it's all fun.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. And it even like another, well, a moment that I was uh, where they sort of wink at it. It was sort of where we were with the Sabrina story where she catches up with all the, uh, her human friends. And we realize that all of the things that have happened in this episode so far happened before lunch. Cause they're like, yeah. let's eat. Just <laughs> <It's> like, what <laughs> What is happening in an hour?
1: And, uh, it's fun. Yeah. Days are just packed as they say in Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, so let's talk about the human school folks, because a couple of things are going on with them. Um, uh, made the thrust of the plot line for Theo, this episode, Theo likes Robin, the new student that we mentioned in the recap. Um, That got set up the last episode. They went on a little bit of a date to the pep rally. And this episode, Theo wants to ask Robin to the carnival uh, and talks to Harvey. And I really like the scene. I think Harvey is developing really nicely in this part. He feels now that we're now that he's dating Roz, now that he's freed from the angst over. I don't know that Sabrina is a witch slash. I found out Sabrina is a witch and I don't know how to deal with it. It, Ross before, performance just seems a lot lighter and more fun Yeah, right now. Uh, so having him and Theo talk and Harvey saying, hey, we can, what if we go as a group thing and then we'll kind of you know, split off and just sort of leave you there? How does that work? Very cute very cute
0: and at the same time he's like oh let me help you with what you're dealing with and then tell you about what I'm dealing with like it feels like a genuine friendship Mm -hmm. um when in like when the show started it felt like Harvey was going through his things and Theo and Roz were there to like sort of just keep that their story going on the right uh track and now it
1: feels like genuine ensemble friendship going on here Yeah, it's great. Uh, Harvey also has his own plot line going on where he's nervous because, as we established at the beginning, Roz, he thinks, wants to go all the way tonight, go all the way. Uh, He's not quite sure he does. Uh, And just to keep touching on their plot lines, because there's one more scene with Theo I think we could talk about. Uh, At the carnival, Theo is there with Robin. They get stuck on the Ferris wheel. And there's again a classic thing to have happen. Oh, my gosh. They just do that. The Ferris wheel operators, they do what? that because they know. It doesn't get stuck. They know. They no, know I think it's a
0: romantic, it, It's a sign from, like, the romance gods that, like, oh, this is a cute little moment. Those, you think those carnies
1: are just doing that on purpose because they're regular scumbags? <laughs> they're regular scumbags who like to creep on teens smooching. That's what I'm telling you. Wow.
0: What a takedown of the carny industry.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, Theo kind of stumbles and stammers and tries to tell Robin that he wasn't born Theo. And Robin says, it doesn't matter. I like Theo. And then they kiss on the Ferris wheel and it's very sweet. uh, But you could already feel kind of nervous about everything that's going on because, well, actually, let me ask you, other than him playing Kurtz on Riverdale, were you suspicious of Robin? Or how did you feel about this whole thing?
0: No, I like, I mean, obviously there's a reveal later on, but like, I thought this was just a sweet moment. I thought Robin was a sort of like, he's a good character. He feels like a character that stepped out of Stranger Things or something like uh-huh. that. Um, and so I really was like, oh, this is great. I love the way this is being handled. I'm curious to see how this pl- will Theo having a, a romantic relationship and like sort of Tiptoeing through that will affect everyone else who's a little, like, dealing with the same things, and but a little more like Sabrina's, like, m- clearly more experienced in that department. So I thought it was going to be a cool, like, uh, subplot throughout the story, but now we learn it's just uh, not a-, a bummer, sort of a bummer Yeah. Here.
1: Yeah, it is a bummer. And I'm concerned about what it is going to mean for Theo going forward. Uh, Jumping over to Harvey and Roz, though. So Harvey, after his conversation with Theo, uh, walks over and finds Roz is chatting with the cheerleaders and the jocks and having a great time. And she says she's going with friends, which confuses and upsets Harvey. He says, wait, I thought we were more than friends. And she says, yeah, but we're going with a group of friends, right? So there's nothing to be upset about.
0: Not great here. Not great. Especially when like the guy that is set up as his rival is like not interesting. He's like,
1: what I'm scared of? Clowns. Can you imagine? It was just like, (laughs) what is this? Uh, I don't I don't know why. I I think it comes down to just Harvey. I feel like the excuse is Harvey is a dumb, sweet guy. He's nervous about having sex with, with her for the first time. And so he's almost, like, pushing hard to find something wrong in the relationship. Right. Because his whole interpretation of the conversation that goes on is crazy. Like, yes.
0: Uh, I think it's, it's interesting you're saying, like, Harvey's dumb. So, of course, the main threat to his relationship is someone even dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Which is well, what this guy is.
1: then they go to the carnival, and he tries to do the strongman thing, barely does it. And the dude who's scared of clouds comes up and aces... That strongman thing. Yeah. Uh also uh they show up there, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but uh Nick shows up with Sabrina. Classic Harvey and Nick butting heads here. Nick is just like needling at Harvey.
0: Yo, he's on edge at that. Yes. Nick is
1: uh really not feeling it. Well, do you get uh from the scene, and we'll get back to Nick's storyline a little bit, but from the scene Something we've been talking about a lot. Do you get a sense that Harvey still has feelings for Sabrina, or is he past that? Is this just about Nick?
0: I mean, to me, this was just about Nick. And I know in the the first episode, like I was the one trumpeting, like it really feels like they've moved past Harvey's feelings for her. I mean, both Harvey and Sabrina seem to have moved past their feelings for each other. And then in this scene, I read it as he was like, "Oh, hey, Nick, can we move past that fight and just be friends?" And Nick's like, "Fuck no, I don't like (laughs) you."
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think we'll see uh, as it goes forward because obviously a lot of stuff is going on with Nick. Because you
0: you believe that there's still feelings there.
1: I think there's still feelings there. I think uh, I know from experience from other podcasts we've done that I am consistently wrong about this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, particularly because I do like Harvey and Roz together so much, but it feels like it got a loop back to the Harvey Sabrina thing at some point.
0: I think I agree at some point, but I don't, this season feels like it's not about that. And Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that'll be like an last episode, little reveal, like Harvey confesses he still loves her or something. And that's a bit of a cliffhanger, but I don't think we're going to get an ongoing return to the love triangle, love rhombus situation.
1: All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, Things do get a little complicated for Harvey. As you mentioned, he uh, peeks his head in a tent and sees a sensual snake dance is going on. All the men in there, and it's only men, are mesmerized, rocking back and forth, including Harvey's dad. Uh, But Harvey, not completely entranced by the snake woman, he gets out, Roz grabs him, and they leave uh, right as shit is about to go down, and that's kind of where they... We leave their storyline for the episode, right?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, Harvey's innocence keeps him from being fully tempted by the snake charmer. But mm-hmm. I thought the scene was cool. It was, uh, it was like a little bit off-putting and sort of like, what is this about? And then we lo- leave it. So it's setting up what we touch on at the end of the episode that like this circus is a fucked up circus and it's here to ruin the town. And here's just one way that they're doing that by uh, sort of sirening all of the, the men in town with snakes snakes. Mm-hmm. Snakes!
1: Snakes! Uh, So, let's see. Let's jump back a little bit and go to the main thrust of the plot. Uh, Sabrina got that quest to find Herod's crown. She goes up to Ambrose, who's just hanging out of the library now, just chilling, having a good time after his quest to kill Father Blackwood. And Sabrina says, I'm going to try to find one of the unholy relics. And Ambrose is like, I can't review that. Can't refuse that. Sorry, I'm all in. Let's do it. And I love this. I love, like... It it almost feels like the first two episodes were of a piece of each other, and now we're getting into the main thrust of the season. It's back to status quo in terms of the relationships, with some set uh, shakeups. And for Ambrose Sabrina, that's like Ambrose is their researcher. I think that's that's nice. I like him they're, in that they're position. They're Giles. They're Giles. Yes, exactly. Aha.
0: I can't uh, believe I thought of that.
1: Uh, So, meanwhile, Sabrina and Nick get lunch And this is where, I can't believe they held back We finally get the star of the show shows up She took her damn time Dorcas shows up, also with Agatha, her other sister
0: Well, let's just be a little bit clear here Agatha shows up, and they just cut And Dorcas is suddenly there (laughs) Like, there's no fanfare It's just like, oh, she's
1: here too do you think originally in the cut they felt like they, they had a fanfare in the score and then they cut it out because, like, everybody knows this is a big deal. Dorcas finally showed up.
0: Yeah, they definitely cut the Dorcas walk-in uh, number, the song and dance number where Dorcas just mm-hmm. arrives places.
1: Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't know if you know you weren't on the last episode, but Pete and I have our own podcast called Dorcas Dish that we run uh it's mostly about chilling adventures of dorcas and of course we'll get more into that you can subscribe now on well there's not like an app you could subscribe on it's mostly pete and i on the corner we have a cardboard box where we tape oh yeah and dorcas i really
0: i feel bad about missing out on this what 20 to 30 second podcast
1: <laughs> is that
0: how long it takes to describe what dorcas is going through
1: it sometimes stretches to 45 seconds or a minute. Come on wow. now. The dorkest minute. Ooh, what, that's fun. That would be fun. It's called dorkish dish, though. So Agatha Dorkis just, like, rip into Nick over lunch, which yep. was... Crazy rude coming up there And they seem to know everything They're like, you have a club foot Lucifer was in your brain He broke out, you wrestled in your head All of these things happened We've watched the first two episodes of the show Yeah, yeah, exactly
0: Yeah, they were very mean And honestly, Nick felt like he's becoming a bad boy Bad boy? Like, Mm -hmm. we've joked about how Nick is a bad boy But he's actually a very good boy yeah. And in this he's actually more of a bad boy. He's like not nice. He's uh prone to rage. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh it's something. I love well, his it, line, "You two skanks can go to heaven." <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> I'm going to
1: start using that in everyday life. Yeah. You're absolutely right though. He is lashing out. They blame it on PTSD later and that makes a lot of sense and I like that. I like that they're not just resetting for his character after everything that he went through. That would be hard for him, and he makes yeah. some bad decisions by the end and reacts to things in a very poor way, but it, it does follow up on what he has gone through, and, and I like that.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Uh, so back to Ambrose, he finds Herod's crown, and Herod's crown, in fact, is in none other than the town of Riverdale.
0: Yes, that's very fun. And it makes yeah. sense because he's like, there's a cursed item in Riverdale. And I, I think there's a lot of cursed items in Riverdale. Um, be like the, ju- Jughead's typewriter, mm-hmm. Archie, the person. Betty's uh,
1: scrunchie. Yeah. A lot of cursed <laughs> items. Uh, this is the way they go about this, though, is so fascinating to me because they established that Herod's Crown is in Riverdale. It was discovered by Benjamin Blossom in Hitler's bunker. He took it back to Riverdale, was, of course, murdered in Riverdale, Uh, and then they take something called the Immoral Compass, which detects evil, uh, and they find it on the Blossom Maple Farm in Riverdale. But before, the big crossover item is they pass by the Riverdale sign, and you get a reverse of it, and it says, Murder Capital of the World, and also tagged as J.J. was here, clearly talking about uh, Jellybean Jones. Oh, interesting. No, it's Jughead Jones. J. Jonah uh, Jameson from Spider Man. J. Jonah Jameson. But it, it, the thing that's so funny to me is that like the crossover item is the Riverdale side. And then they go into the woods. Clearly <coughs> yeah. on the blossom grounds where they have their maple farm, and that's fine. But they it'sn't it's like you're like, oh man, where are they gonna go? Are they gonna go to Pops? Are they gonna go to Riverdale High? Are they gonna go to the Pembroke? Which location No, they're gonna go to a tree. Well, woods. that's
0: why I thought we would get to see one character like when they said it's in Riverdale really leaned in really like excited to see what was going to happen I thought we'd get to see one character Um, but I guess the only actor they were able to book was the
1: sign yes I spent that entire scene I almost couldn't concentrate on that scene because I was like all right okay when is Cheryl Blossom going to walk up and be like what the hell are you doing here and then they run off Uh, why I assume it comes down to money and schedules right like that has to be the reason they can't do something like that Yes,
0: but also if they did that, that would overtake too much of the story here. So I actually, I respect the move. It's setting up and teasing the idea that they could do this at any moment on either of these shows. And they do just the lightest version of it here. And it's just giving us a little taste of that precious crossover. And they're going to give us more as the season goes on.
1: I do. Series goes on. I also do love the detail. We spent a lot of time earlier this episode talking about how if you brought magic onto Riverdale, it would destroy that reality. Yeah. Except you have the Blossom Farm. In season one, they have the whole maple, creepy maple tapping ceremony that the Blossom family did. There was just a corpse in one of those trees just hanging out yeah. there with a crown the entire time. Uh, That's where you get the extra about. flavor. Mm. Corpse. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they do... Uh, They they get there. Uh, Dorian. We get a quick shot of Dorian giving a drink. Dorian Gray. This is the actual Dorian Gray from Portrait of Dorian Gray. He runs a bar in Greendale. He gives a drink to Nick. Uh, And then it's back to Ambrose, who pulls a crown out of the tree. Gross tree. Very Very gross gross tree. tree. Very gross crown. And then stupidest decision of the episode, I have to say. So we're just like, great, let me take that back to hell. So I could get that unholy regalia there and finish the first part of the challenge. And Ambrose says, hold on a second. I could use the power of this crown to rejuvenate the coven. And Sabrina says, no problem. I'm going to leave you alone with this crown and then go off and do something else. And then we'll just bring it down to hell later.
0: Yeah. This is, again, a symptom of her like, being too busy where it's hard to rank the importance of things. Mm-hmm. But Ambrose even says, like, why don't you go to the carnival? You know, the fucked up carnival in town. that's going to ruin everyone's lives. Go check that out. I'm going to go do some weird magic, some, like, very, like, time-focused mad, uh, science magic on this crown.
1: Yes. Uh, so, meanwhile, Herod, who is a horrible corpse, breaks out of the tree, coming after his crown. Uh, we get a quick scene where Sabrina goes back to school. She's wondering where Nick is. It turns out Nick is trying to cut off his own foot. But he can Very bad boy. Very bad boy move. Yes. Classic bad boy move. Bad boy's always cutting off their own feet. Uh, Nick thinks Lucifer is still inside of him, uh, but Sabrina comforts him and is like, let's go to that fucked up carnival. That'll yeah, calm him like, down.
0: Let's fill your head with good things. Like a fucked up carnival.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, we back... saw
0: Melvin also. Oh, we trust, did. Don't trust oh. Melvin. You don't trust Melvin? No. Melvin is a, is a he just, he's not a secret keeper. Melvin, he'll stab you in the back.
1: Oh, okay. Is Melvin the new bad boy of the show?
0: Wow. I hadn't thought of that. Geez, now do I have to be a Melvin fan?
1: Yeah. I'm a Melsbeth shipper, so... Let's see. Melvin! Oh, it works. <laughs> yeah, it does work really well. Uh, so let me get back to Ambrose. He's studied the crown. It's got a lot of power. He's very excited because it is going to help the Cole Coven and bring all their power back. And unfortunately, Herod attacks, takes the crown back, uh, and the crown... <laughs> He says, crowd, who took you originally? I don't care about this guy on the floor. And the crowd's like, Sabrina took me. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy
0: choices in this scene. (laughs) First off, that dead dude is juicy. He is juicy. Um, And it's very funny. He's like, what's that maple syrup smell? Nice. Um, And then the crown doesn't really fit him, which I thought was weird. He just like squeezes it down. How do you fit a crown? If you're a king taking over after a... Devastating battle in uh, England Like from the 16th century Are you like Ah shit I have sort of a tiny head Can you Uh,
1: To be fair He has been soaking in maple sap For probably almost 100 years at this point So he's probably pretty bloated Yeah You think so And the black stuff Oozing out of him Probably isn't blood It's probably congealed And condensed maple sap So it's actually maple syrup So I would say If you took Herod And rubbed him on some pancakes Real good.
0: Yum. Rub. I love rubbing stuff on my food. Yeah, um, yeah I guess. Uh, the, I mean, too much sugar, though. I'm more of a savory. I like my monsters savory,
1: not sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you would like if there, was a, if there was like King Herod had died in a salt factory.
0: Or like an everything bagel seasoning factory.
1: Mm. I was going to say a salt factory because then you could use Mortons. Cool. Very badass salt. Yes. So over to Professor Carcosa's carnival, the dilapidated, terrible looking carnival, where it looks like the rides are going to fall apart at any second. They get there. There's a carnival barker there. Raz looks at him. Now, we didn't mention this earlier, but Raz has a psychic ability called the cunning that it gives her sight. And she sees the carnival Barker as some sort of pan satyr type figure, uh, but is like, ah, eh, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Let's just keep going into this fucked up carnival. Well, let me
0: say real quick, there's a little bit of research I did here. Um, the Ooh, Barker yes. is reciting um, a, a poem when he enters, and um, that poem is from a, a book called The Circus of Dr. Lau by Charles Ooh. Finney from 1935. And it's sort of an interesting um, connection. So that story, you, you might not, you might be surprised by this, is about a town where a fucked up circus shows up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a, there's a metaphor okay. in there. There's a I metaphor. I don't really,
1: I don't really see the connection there. But thank okay. you for bringing up the information.
0: That's just uh, that's the research. I'm the Ambrose of this podcast um, in so many ways, and oh, okay. uh, that's just one way.
1: There we go. Uh, so, yeah, they go into the carnival. Uh, we mentioned a bunch of other things that happened at the carnival, uh, but we get back to Nick and Sabrina. Nick is really grating at Sabrina in this scene. Uh, he's pissed off that she took over as queen of hell because the whole reason he went to hell in the first place was so that she didn't wouldn't become queen of hell. Yeah. And it's like, did you make your daddy so happy? And Sabrina's like, "Ah, don't worry about it. Let's just go into this tunnel of love. Uh, And I loved this shot, like this shot where they go into the tunnel of love and it just kind of holds steady with it. And you hear a scream and then they run out of the tunnel of love, followed by Herod. It was just such a fun way of staging the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I was surprised. It, it, I would expect we were going to go into the tunnel of love and have a big sort of scary reveal there. But I actually really liked that it. it just were sort of like, nah, let's just do it because we want to get to the fight um, mm-hmm. and see it in this sort of weird way. I also thought it was funny. Sabrina's whole reason to take Nick to this uh, carnival, fucked up carnival, was to be like, let's take a break so you can recover. And then 10 seconds, they're, they're there, and she's like, what exactly was the traumatic psychological situation like uh, while you were had the devil inside right.
1: of you? So she, she instantly triggers him. She can't help herself. Yeah. She is all in. She just does whatever she wants at all points, and it doesn't, it doesn't worry about the consequences. And it's curious to me, I wonder if she's ever going to see some comeuppance there. You know, is, there, is It ever is it ever going to blow back on her in any way?
0: Well, I, I don't know. It feels like that's almost her secret power, mm-hmm. um, because that's. I mean, we're going to get to there in a second. That sort of wins her get, is a win at the end of this episode for her.
1: That's true, so uh, let's get to that Herod attacks, they have a sweet-ass fight A magic fight, which was a lot of fun Between Nick, Sabrina, and Herod Um, She very briefly tells some passerbys Oh, don't worry, it's all part of the show And shuts them in there Uh, In the middle of the fight The crown pops off of Herod Caliban bloops in Grabs the crown And disappears Which you had to see coming at that point Yeah, what a jerk He doesn't respect the game yeah, he respects the player a little bit. It feels like, but maybe not the game. Yeah, uh, and once the crown is gone and Herod has lost his power, Ambrose comes in, blasts him to pieces, and again another fun shot where Harvey, uh, sorry, excuse me, Nick and Sabrina are covered in blood and guts. They run out of there and Herod, syrup, Ambrose, and syrup, and Ambrose says, "Don't worry, I'll clean up the mess." You just get a shot of him like dragging. The carnival worker who got killed by Herod very slowly. Just some fun bits of direction there, just like hanging a little too long on these scenes.
0: Yeah. And uh, what a -a workaday thing it is for Ambrose to be like, oh, here we go
1: again. Hide the old body. It's great. Uh, so Nick heads back to the Academy or says he's going to head back to the Academy. Uh, Sabrina is a little put off by that. She, he's not going to stay with her anymore. Yes, Justin. It's,
0: it's interesting that he's very specifically putting some distance between himself and Sabrina here. And uh, Sabrina even calls it out. He calls her Spellman for the first time. hmm And it feels like a uh, sort of a pushback from their relationship. I feel like Spellman is what he called her when they were first getting to know each other a little bit and they were a little more rivalry. So I don't know. It feels like a big step back, especially in relation to the next scene that we get.
1: Um, Well, I think part of that is the PTSD as they call out, like certainly that's part of it, but also the fact that he made the ultimate sacrifice for her and Even if she saw it as going down to hell to save him, he, I think, saw it rightly as a slap in the face. That, like, he made this huge save the world gesture and she immediately negated it.
0: Yeah. And so I think he is dealing with the pain that's caused him and he doesn't get any reward basically from it.
1: Now, as you teased, he heads to Dorian's instead of the Academy, says, I would like a couple of those playmates that you offered me earlier. Uh, They ask him what he wants. uh, What's your pleasure? And he says pain. He clearly wants to hurt himself. Uh, He also, we should mention, uh, reveals that he is jealous of Caliban. Like he kind of throws that in there. He's like, oh, you, you just have another playmate. You have the sexy clay man. Uh, different than Sexy Clay Man, who's the comic book artist. Again, on a on Hashtag Clay Man is sexy. Yeah, Sexy Clay Man. Uh, and the other thing that, I, that stuck out to me, that's such a dumb thing to stick out to me, but he's drinking an entire bottle of absinthe. Very strong choice. Oh, my God. That's going to kill him. Like, I Plus, understand his, he's a witch. His breath is going to be so licorice Hmm. Gross. You're going to smell it on him. He's going to smell like a good and plenty everywhere he goes. Oh, but he's a bad and plenty He's a bad and plenty <laughs> uh, So then we go back to hell We get a little bit of wrap up here Caliban puts on the crown And says it looks good on me Sabrina slaps him twice During their conversation uh, And after she slaps him twice And says the contest isn't over uh, the lords of hell chant Sabrina, Sabrina, Sabrina. I actually think
0: they say Sabrina, oh, Sabrina, which I was like, what's a weird pronunciation?
1: <laughs> 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 that's the thing about hell, man. They hit the wrong syllables or syllables, yeah. if you will.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And that's it's frustrating. That's my hell. Hell is other um, pronunciations.
1: Yes. Uh, two questions. Off of this that I have uh, the first one about the Lord's chanting Sabrina's name. Uh, what do you think about that? That was a surprising turn. Like, was that just because she stood up to Caliban or what? To me, it was about showing
0: that she is uh, getting comfortable in her role as queen of hell. And maybe we'll start to like it and mm-hmm. we'll start to en- sort of enjoy this uh, darker path that she has the, always has the potential of walking.
1: And then the other thing on the other side that I wanted to bring up is she calls out Caliban and says, why didn't you help us with Herod? And Caliban says, why would I help you? I was trying to win this game. And it's a little crazy that she doesn't understand that.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that points to like her innocence and also just the the back on the way that Lilith was like, it's going to be two out of three. It's sort of like, no, I'm not going to help you. I'm fighting you. It's like a constant realignment of like, right, that's
1: what's happening here. Yeah.
0: But let me ask you this. Do you think she will get together with Caliban at any point this season?
1: I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of steps to get there. Certainly she's not going to be happy if she finds out that Nick has been fooling around with other people at Dorian's. Um, So I think we're headed to something there. Certainly... Certainly, I think Caliban already has designs on Sabrina. That's been pretty clear from the beach scene right up. But I don't know if Sabrina is there with Caliban, necessarily.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think it feels like it might happen.
1: Yeah. I can, I can see definitely happening. see it be the sort of thing where it's like a fight, 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 pause, kiss, smooch. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. What have we done? Run away type thing. Yeah. Um. Man, I don't know. Sexy mudman, what can I say? And then we get one last scene. Back to the creepy carnival. All the carnival people are there. They all meet. They call out various members of the community that they've targeted, that they think are going to work well for their plan. Uh Robin is there, too. Oof.
0: Good. I mean, devastating reveal, but Mm -hmm. really well done for the writers of this episode. Like... Really got me with that, like, oh, man, I
1: trusted you, dude. Yeah, well, because we love Theo so much, we want Theo to be so happy. The thing that that
0: gets me the most when characters are just, like, trying really hard and being very pure of heart, and Theo was, and I thought he was going to be rewarded for it, instead, betrayed.
1: Yes. So Robin is there. They plant a seed. And uh, do a sacrifice, spill some blood on the seed and start praying to the gods of old. And this is what Father Blackwood was warning about over the past episode. And we got a little tease of in the first episode that the old ones are coming. They're praying to the old ones, the gods of old. So we're going to see how that turns out. But that certainly seems to mean big, bad things for Greendale going forward.
0: I, I don't know. They're just planting a little garden. And oh, OK. They're just watering the flower with... Blood Right uh, I think that's a great way To get protein In the soil And maybe mm-hmm. they're just Gonna have a beautiful squash A green one squash
1: Yeah Whether it's blood on flowers Or maple syrup Maple syrup infused Zombies in trees Early in the episode Great episode for plants Great Plants are winning <laughs> Alright Before we wrap up here Let's talk about Which witch Reigns supreme In this episode Justin Which witch Reign supreme. Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, I'm going to throw it out
0: to Ambrose uh, Mm. in this one. I feel like he's given a lot of opportunity here. He just had a successful quest uh, resolved, and now he's back, and he's working on magical objects. He's been getting involved in the school. He's got a lot of potential for this season.
1: I'm going to call out Nick, actually. You know, I don't agree with all of his choices in this episode, but his plot line... Was the most emotionally powerful plotline in the episode, and he made some big moves throughout here. I'm really curious to see what's going to go on with him going forward. And listen, him reclaiming or claiming for the first time that bad boy status is what I want to see out of Nick Scratch.
0: It was good. And of course, special shout out to the new bad boy on the block, Mama, 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 (laughs) Melvin.
1: If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we will chat with you about Sabrina. We don't have dedicated Sabrina channels, but if you want to check us out socially, Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark, on Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice if you want to subscribe, and please do comment on iTunes in particular. That helps us out quite a bit on the chilling podcast of Sabrina Feeds. Uh, Also, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more, and we'll see you next time, which is... Toss me a couple of brews for my witch hat.